No, 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 Po Boys, not Pabu Frick. Did you learn some new timey way to insult people? Pabu Frick. What? What's this Pabu Frick about? Oh, that's right. I forgot that you didn't know. Um, yeah, sorry. I've been under a rock lifting it repeatedly. Good one. Yes, I was um doing some. I was doing some lifting of the of the weights. Um, yeah, it's basically taking the whole. Do you live under the rock? lifting its situation. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, Josh, what's going on? Well, as, as uh, Poeheads might know, based on our, our, our Twitter feed, on last week's episode of the Star Wars show, following up on the Force Friday reveal of the C-3PO Black Series toy... Triple Force Friday, for those of you that sure. are um, we sticklers. Got a, we got a nice good look at a new character. Oh, really? From, what's this uh, new character about? Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. He's Rise a, he's of a Skywalker. Boy. Really? Who's this person? Pete, I texted you about it. It's Bobu Frick. Oh, Bobu Frick. And uh, let me pull this the, up. Everyone in the Star Wars community is getting very excited about this character. It looks like he's a droid smith. Um, oh, it's probably fairly straightforward connecting the dots between him to our red-eyed C-3PO. Uh-huh. So surely uh, something's going on with that. And um, Twitter... Twitter oh, and I'm Star seeing Wars. this picture now. Yep. Yeah, I know you have. I sent it to you. Everyone everyone on social media is very into Babu Frick. I wanted to join in on the fun and make sure everybody knew who Babu Frick is. Babu Frick! So I, um, I texted everyone in my contacts. You, you stan. The, well... I stand Dave Filoni. I don't know if I stand Bobby Frick, but I'm very proud of Bobby Frick, and he looks like a very good boy. Uh, I he looks like a very small boy. Yeah. That's I'm MOL. actually... Um, um, he's actually giving me vibes of one of the worst arcs of Clone Wars of all time. That droid arc where there's that little guy Yeah, I don't who, know. I don't really get slug vibes from... No, no, no. Like, in terms of size, like... Sure. Yeah, like that looks like it's the scale. Yeah, he looks like a little guy. Well, look, I texted all of my friends, Babu Frick, the picture. Mm -hmm. I texted everybody, picture of Babu Frick, and the caption, whoa. Whoa. Uh, I probably texted like 15 people. I got a lot of different responses getting the word out, and I want to share that with um, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that from? What is this? <laughs> Whoa. What? What am I looking at? What the? Intriguing. Question mark, exclamation point? Neat, though. Well, I'm sold now. Huh? What am I looking at here, Josh? Is that Dark Crystal? Yo, my bad, but what is this exactly? So, yeah, we've been doing our jobs getting the word out. Um, oh, you you uh, have a couple more. You have got a couple more. Sam. No, I actually don't because I this is you, a bit. This is something I actually did, and those were the actual Because you had one say, um, hashtag, where's Moz? And then somebody said, new phone, who dis? 
No. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No. All right. So, That's Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Pete, did you get your Triple Force Friday on at all? I thought about getting it on, but I ended up not doing anything. Yeah. Um, I'm not... We've talked about this. I'm not a big Lego guy anymore. Um, I don't collect any of the things. Yeah. Um, I actually... And this might make some people upset. I got the um, Darth Maul plushie from, you know, Celebration, um, where the legs, you know, are magnetized, and so you can use the, like mechanical leg the spider legs or the normal people legs and that's a chew toy for my dog that's how little i care about the collecting um but typically i'll get something small like last year i got like a star wars tie um i thought about getting some coasters but um i didn't pull the trigger Mm -hmm. how about you um well i uh, liquidated all of my Star Wars collecting things. I had been getting pretty much every Star Wars Lego set up through, you know, Last Jedi. And then um, I ended up selling all of those not too long ago. And I got rid of, I had some action figures. I got rid of all those. So I just have like a couple action figures that I've gotten signed at Celebration and stuff like that. So I wasn't going to go too hard. But... I did go to Target, and they had one of these um, stupid, shiny Mandalorian toys that everybody on Twitter was talking about. Isn't this so cool? And didn't we drive very far to get this? And isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, all right, what the heck? Might so, as well. Pretty much. I wanted to be one of the cool kids with the robot BB-8 like I was with Force Awakens. So that seemed like the cool thing that all the cool people were getting, so I got that. And then, of course, in light of my uh, Where's Rose outrage, I did find that Rose shirt that says Rebel on it. It's got her with the, the rifle on it. And I uh, mm-hmm. ordered that, so that should be coming in the mail at some point. Plan on wearing that to the premiere, keeping it real. Um, but yeah, I didn't really go too hard on Force Friday. Most of what I did on Force Friday was tweeting Where's Rose from our account. Um, update on Where's Rose. Um, we may or may not, probably never, get into a book boys of this, but I am currently... A third of the way through the Star Wars um, Spark of the Resistance by Justina Ireland. Mm-hmm. And to answer that question, Rose is with Finn and, sorry, with Ray and Poe. So that book is just a mission that they go on like almost immediately after episode eight. So she's being featured in a book that nobody's heard of. <laughs> that sounds to be about right. Take that, fans. You keep complaining about Where's Rose. She's featured prominently as a third character in a book that people aren't going to really read. Except for me. And some other people that might listen to this podcast. I found her! I found Rose! I found her! Found her! Found her! Um, but really, Star Wars um, people, can you put Rose in some stuff, please? Okay, thanks. Bye. Hashtag yeah. Poe Boys. And how? Hashtag um, where's 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 um um oh my gosh, she's just not been in the saga at, 
for any of these things. I just forgot her name. Oh, Rose, yes. Put her in there. <clears throat> As always, Pete's thoughts are his own. So, I think that's everything we had to get out of the way. Um, oh, um, yeah, just, you know, another thing, no big deal, but Christopher, Sean, and I are friends on Pokemon Go. Oh, right. We send gifts to one another. They're virtual gifts, you Are know, you really? so that we can get Pokeballs. What? You send gifts to him on po Pokemon? Yeah, he sends gifts to me. It's like a thing in the app. So what? we are basically, he, you know, wrote number one Po Boy, real Po Boy. You know, we message him on Instagram. He responds. Very nice. He's the Po Boy of the week. And now we're um, friends. We're going to be best friends. There's an option for that in Pokemon Go. Um, really? We're not th we're not there yet. Um, I think we're a little bit we're closer to ultra friends. Oh boy. But yeah, so that's a little update. Me and Christopher Sean, no big deal. Our friends on Pokemon Go. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, you you sent a screenshot of this. I was very tempted to uh, send him a message through our Twitter account and give him my phone number and my personal email. I'm sure he would respond and then say, hey, what's up? Because yeah. he's very nice. Um, he posted his Pokemon Go account on his Instagram, and then I just added him. Um, I don't even think he knows that Poboy Pete and him are Pokemon Go friends. <laughs> um, because my, my um, Pokemon Go account is PeterFX, um, although you need like a nine-digit combination to add people. Uh, maybe I'll post at some point. Anyway... Um, Christopher Sean posted his on his Instagram. We've been friends for about a week now. Um, it's really, it's really, you know, turning up. Um, in about 180 days, we'll become best friends if we both respond on on a daily. And uh, he does not, so it'll probably be a little bit longer than that. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, any more news? Uh, not, not. I don't think. Have you become friends with um, any Star Wars shakers and movers? No, I don't. Um, I don't. Uh huh. This is gonna go. be hurtful. I, I run marathons. So yep. Okay. That's my whole. Thing. And hurtful. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> All right. Um, now. You know me and my microaggressions. The fat. Oh my gosh. No, thank you. Said microaggression. Is a microaggression. Yes. That's also not even how I sound. It's more like, oh, hey, um. Ah! Help! <laughs> no. I can't I lift all this weight. Um, no, I was lifting the rock. Anyway, don't even. Josh, do you have anything else to talk about? Josh, do you have anything else to talk about? The rock was very, very heavy, so I have to carboload after this. All right. You know lifting, you know, being under a rock and lifting it takes a lot out of you, all right? So I'm tuckered out right now. Yeah, we can't do all have, be right. Do you have anything else to talk about? Uh, no. Okay. Then I have one thing left on the agenda, mm -hmm. and that's for us to go into the unknown um so poe heads 
those of you that were under a rock living, not lifting, um, would know, wouldn't know that Star Wars Resistance came on, came back, back this, pa- baby. this past Sunday. Maybe, um, if your cable provider or app of choice was cooperating. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I think it, we'll get in, well, I guess we can get into that. So, there, this is premiering 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, but if you have the app, it works at different times. So, um, Josh, you got on at like, what, three? We both, we're both Eastern Coast boys. Right. Um, I don't, whenever you text me, it's probably, it's probably about three. Um, it was in the afternoon. I was finally able to get in. But I mean, I woke up at 7.30 or 8 that morning and was trying at that point. And it was on, like, you could click on it on the app at that point, but it wouldn't let you mess with it and it's um yeah it aired at 6 p.m on disney xd and then at 10 p.m on disney proper and Mm -hmm. last year xfinity my uh cable provider um would have it on demand morning of this year that was not the case and i guess because i don't have i don't know i don't have disney xd uh-huh. Last year it aired on Disney also, so I don't know. I'm I'm very curious how uh, much of a pain in the butt it's going to be for me to watch this show week to week. We'll see. Because with Rebels, that only aired on Disney XD, um, and I just had to I just bought every episode of Rebels on iTunes the next morning. Mm-hmm. But hoping it won't come to that. Um, I think, I think it's gonna, that was pretty normal for last year though, is that if you went on your cable package to on demand, that's the easiest way to get to it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't think you or I ever had like a stable time where we would watch it. It would just be sometime on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's usually you know, what I do Sunday mornings. Um, okay. So I think that'll, I think that'll get more, um, streamlined. So, all right. So it's been like a half hour. We haven't gotten talking about this yet. Into the unknown. Into the unknown. Yeah. So hour premiere wasn't a two part anything. And this is a 19 episode season. Is that correct? Yes, I did see that confirmed, which I guess brings the total to 40 episodes because I think it was 21 Mm -hmm. last year. Yeah, 21. So this will be going. This will this will be going past past winter, past episode nine, and presumably will end sometime early in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we know it's, I, it's gonna end into episode nine, right? Like, it's not gonna go past nine, is what I've seen from, know, man. what I've on, seen from the interviews. you believe in your bingo card or not. What I've seen from the interviews is it's, it's going to go, I mean, there might be, like, a fast-forward in episode 19, but... It's pretty much gonna lead into nine. Yeah. So. That seems uh, to be kind of what they're hanging their hat on so far as why the show is only two seasons. Yeah, and I mean. Is that it was like always planned to specifically fill this chunk of time. So this episode into unknown episode one is the immediate aftermath, immediately after episode after um, episode twenty one. 
Well, not immediately, because at some point in the 30 seconds before the end of that episode, the beginning of this episode, everyone standing in the hangar of Claus's walked away. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's been a day or two, but pretty close to... It's it's a very, very close turnaround. Because they, yeah, hy- they get out of hyperspace. Because Hosnian Prime's been blown up, and Phasma's still alive, so... Uh-huh. Though... Different voice actress, um, Gwendolyn Christie, not back for season two. Really? Okay. Yep. That's right, listeners. I'm back to pausing during the voice credits <laughs> for sweet, sweet content. Sweet, sweet content. Ellen Dubin, I think, is the name of the. Name Never of heard of her. She. I mean, I. I, I. I didn't really understand. I did Great. not. Josh, I did not under. I did not get a difference between the two. So she's no. doing a good job. Yeah, for sure. So we have, they get out of hyperspace, and basically, on the Colossus, it's just them trying to, like, keep the ship afloat. Mm-hmm. And that's the bulk of the episode. Yeah, it's, it obviously has not flown in a very long time. Uh, 20 years. Yeah. They say 20 years it has not flown. Um, and um, then we have a little bit of Tam and Agent Tierney and... Pyre? Yep. Yeah, who's the one that died at the end of episode 21? Von Reg. Von Reg, okay. Yeah. Okay, so he got... Kaz took him out. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we we get to see the command bridge, which is pretty cool. Um, It's very... Excuse me. It's very unstrategic. Or not, it's not strategic at all. Because you have to like walk through his office to get to the command bridge. Um, it's a cool set. Yeah, it's definitely it's very cool. Um, the show did pretty immediately bring me back to or remind me that I, I do really appreciate the animation in this show. Start off with a really excellent establishing shot of kind of the remnants of everything that went down on Castellan and some downed Tie Fighters in the ocean and weirdo pelicans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta say, I love the establishing shot. I loved the look of it. It made me happy to be back. It also just made me perturbed that there's no Blu-ray of this TV show. But what can mm. you do? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, we get it. We get a great shot of the Colossus coming out of hyperspace, just preposterous as ever. Again, it's really like you're throwing a football with one of the points on the ground and one of the points in the sky, and just, just. Just throwing it like that. Just for the listener, I'm I'm pantomiming throwing a football that way. It's preposterous. It's preposterous. But then again, so is the Millennium Falcon. But yeah, um, does beg the question. They haven't totally broached it yet. Last Jedi, hyperspace tracking. You know, is that is that something only portions of the First Order fleet possess? It doesn't seem to be something they're utilizing or talk about utilizing in this scenario. Is that something they reserve for VIP targets? Uh, who can say? Or is it tied to that Mega Star Destroyer? I don't quite remember all the specifics. I'll get back to you. We just finished Empire Strikes Back, so we'll be on Last Jedi in a few weeks. I'll get back to you then. Uh, but yeah, and we have we have Doza really kind of stepping up into the leadership role. And being an actual commander instead of placating, you know, 
fascists, and he brings Kaz up to this command center, which is, you know, a hub at the very top of the football. Nice set there. He's got, he's working with Yeager, trying to get everything fixed up. He sends uh, Tora and Kaz. Mm-hmm. Kaz is very desperate to help. He's, you know, you know, kind of blaming himself for all of this, though Doza is quick to point out, you know, I'm the one who, you know, placated the First Order. I'm the one who let him set down here. Um, he sends... Kaz and Tora down into the bowels of the ship uh, with Niku mm-hmm. and uh, CB-23 to fix the gravity. Because the gravity starts going out, everybody starts floating around. Made me think, boy, isn't this a wasted opportunity for an action sequence. And now, they haven't done it in live action, any zero-gravity stuff. I do think it's a wasted opportunity, for sure. But there is a pretty dope Clone Wars episode where they do that. Um, uh, which one? With Cad, Cad Bane... It's the season two, like episode two. It's called Cargo of Doom. And Ahsoka and Anakin are on a ship. And there's a droid army in Cad Bane. And Cad Bane sets his wrist little thing up to the ship and turns the gravity off. Um, and that's pretty neat. Can we so, talk for can a second? Can we talk for a second that Kaz is a New Republic pilot and has never experienced that before? Experienced what? He's never experienced the anti-gravity before. Isn't that kind of bizarre? He says that? Yeah. He says it in the episode that he hasn't experienced it before. Um, and Tora makes a comment about it. Well, he I mean, he's flying in, a, in an airplane, you know. Right, but, like, are you saying that you've never, like, in his training, while he's in hyperspace, he's never had to, like, jump out and, like, learn how to, like, eject and be out there in space? It just seems very weird. I mean, I guess that is what he's saying. What, you think Kaz is lying? No, I think it's actually just a reflection. Kaz is lying? Again, it's just a reflection of the lack of training or the lack of discipline that, you know, they didn't really go through, like, this this rigorous training um, in the New Republic because they didn't really think a threat existed until, you know, Mm -hmm. it destroyed their home planet and utterly messed them up. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so they, they have to go fix the uh, the gravity, and so they're down in the bowels of the ship. They do make sure to make a point about coaxium. Great. Not quite uh, another element, which is something we each have on our prediction cards, or one of us has on our prediction cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're getting there. I'd also like to take this opportunity to express my distaste for the lack of gravity because I do believe it is the only thing that kept me from getting to X off on my Raylo card. Kaz falls slash trips three plus times. Yeah. Because in an episode with almost no gravity, he still managed to fall twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Real close on that one. Real close. Uh, on their way down to the bowels, they pass a little buddy who now has a sponge. Isn't that exciting? Maybe that'll be a new friend for him. What are they going to take him? Like, next, he'll have a toothbrush or something? Is what he, yeah. you know, they take away from him as he tries to clean? Like, all he wants to do think, is clean. I think at the bottom of his rope, um, when he goes full Joker, if you will, oh boy, he'll just um, dunk his own head into, like, a bucket of suds and use that because he does have kind of a poofy, spongy shape to him. Yeah. And that will be when he is... That will be rock bottom for him. Um, 
probably. So mm-hmm. hashtag justice for little buddy. We're still, hashtag still justice for, for little buddy. Still rooting for you. So the main crux of this episode is they're going down, they're fixing the gravity, and I don't think it's BB90, but you know, some evil dubstep droid from the first order from last season is still on the Um ship. it's MB13. MB13. Um which according MB13. to 13, let me decode this. What are you? What are you doing? Well, I assume it's some sort of evil acronym. Yeah, it's stand- and if it is, then I think I could file that under overwrought adjective verb or noun turned name, which is on my Raylo card. Okay, I mean, it stands for the- it stands for murder ball. Does it? Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I knew it was something. Because BB90, they're like, yeah, the E stands for evil. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, dubstep droid. Dubstep droid, MB13. Very much playing the sort of alien role in this. Um, I think they kind of alluded to that film a little bit for, for some inspiration. The funny thing and is. They also did like a Jaws homage. Uh huh. I think. When Niku finds CB23. Having been separated mm-hmm. head from ball, I think the lighting, the fact that he's floating as if he's underwater, I feel like they were probably looking at the scene in Jaws where Richard Dreyfuss is going down the scuba tank looking at Ben Gardner's boat, and he looks in a hole in the boat, and the guy's head floats up. Wow, they'd probably be so excited that you put family, that much effort into this episode. Um, it's not effort when you're film literate. It's just observation. Film literate. Oh, okay. Jay Dickens on Letterboxd. Did you end up seeing Joker? And as this is happening, Tam is being brought into the First Order and all that stuff. Did you see Joker? No. I saw you did. Didn't like it. <clears throat> and yet you gave it three stars. What's with all these people? <laughs> Who seem like they clearly don't like it. Yeah, three stars. I feel like three stars means like this is a, this is a pretty okay movie. Mm. I mean, it was a maybe it was a good. Calibrate with three stars. It was good. It's just like I'm not gonna see it again. You know, four stars. Yeah. I I want to see it again. Three stars mm-hmm. is like I can recognize that this is a good movie. Like mm-hmm. I could recognize Joaquin Phoenix. Like he went all out. Mm-hmm. Um, very very good, but. I like fell asleep for the first twenty minutes, so <laughs> wasn't that good? Oh boy, wasn't that good? Granted, I had yeah. just come back from lifting a rock, mm, so mm, mm. yeah. All right, so sure. I mean, this episode, um, Kaz wants some responsibility to help out, and yeah, he's feeling guilty. They gave him, which I thought was a big responsibility, like, hey, fix the gravity and the communication, but. When I think about like what Year was doing, because he was fixing the shields, and he was fixing some th- something else. Hmm. So they're basically just given busy work. I mean, I don't know you call it busy work. Literally, no one can walk because the gravity's out. Yeah, but like Yeager didn't really. He was like defenses first. Hey, why don't you guys do this? Like he did not make it sound like life or death. Getting the gravity. That's true. That's fair. And on the Colossal, yeah, I mean, the the citizens of the of Colossus uh, were having a party. They're basically having a dubstep. Yeah. Party. Yeah. So, 
And there is a point where they're messing with the gravity, and the gravity becomes... It goes from no gravity to too much gravity. Uh-huh. Uh, which is a very cool shout-out to Dragon Ball Z. I mean, probably not literally. Oh, really? Dragon Ball Z, whenever they would train. <sighs> super, super strong. Um, Super Saiyans. And, like... That's... Paul! 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 You're like, boys! Kekorach. It would magnify the gravity. So Vegeta would be like, oh, I'm fighting. I'm like, five hundred But ultimately, of course, he needed to almost be crushed by a meteor shower and die, almost die, to, uh, Unlock the emotional component. I don't think Dragon Ball would be as popular yeah. today as it used to be. I think it's pretty popular. Yeah, but like when I look back at those episodes, like it'd be like three episodes of them charging up and like backstory of each person charging up, and I just don't. I just don't think students really have or kids really have the patience for that. Of like episodes charging up to something. Well, now it's Dragon Ball Super, and I don't know if the pacing is any different on that show, but uh-huh. if licensing and merchandising is to be believed. It's as popular as that. Really? I mean, Adidas aren't nothing. Um, so yeah, Dragon Ball Z Gravity. Scratch that off the old list. Yeah. Basically, Kaz and Tora and Niku and CB23 versus... MP13. Which is just... Duking it out. It's weird because the thing is so... Like, that murder ball is vicious. But they took it out. It was like a cupcake match during the last two yeah, episodes. Yeah, we did kind of get... Yeah, the... the yeah, we get CB23's who ultimately takes it out, I believe. Well, more like... They suck it out the hatch. Another alien reference. They suck it out the hatch. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they... Um, I, they, I think at times they would play it for comedic effect, the fact that they're getting clowned on by a ball droid. But at other times, I think they did try to make it seem more malicious or almost frightening. Like, even after it had been revealed, just with the use of the lighting and them hiding and stuff like that. Maybe they're going for like a raptor vibe or something like that, and like, well, I don't, I don't think that was entirely successful. I had two thoughts from this murder ball stuff. One, I think it's so funny when we look back at season two after you know it's all said and done, and you look at the list of villains that Kaz has had to face, and Kylo mm-hmm. Ren and MB13 will be on that list. There'll <laughs> be a, you know like a gap between them two, you know like sure. Tam, Pyre, Tierney, but like. This is the starter boss, is a, a BB unit. And then Kylo's, you know, yeah. like the end boss or something like that. Another thing yeah. I was thinking about as watching this is this is a change for the First Order from the Empire. And in, in that, like, Empire, you know, f- episodes four through six, you don't really see all that many droids that the Empire had. They certainly didn't have, you know, R2 units. But the. F- the fir- first order has kind of changed that. Like, sure, the Tie Fighters still don't have BB units, but like, they they're using the same droids that the resi- the Resistance is using. So I'm curious if they're ever. Yeah, gonna, I'm point. curious like, if they're going to get to that point. That. Yeah. Um. So it it is kind of interesting that they are adapting technology together. It's not like a gap between the two of them 
And I guess it, it's also because it goes to kind of what DJ is showing in The Last Jedi, that, you know, the webs manufacturers that they're working with are the same. And I guess it's because, arguably, they're on a more even footing, so to speak, uh-huh. in this era, because the Empire is the Empire. It's all, all you know, all the resources of the galaxy are at the Empire's beck and call. Uh-huh. So there's no really, like, oh, are we going to go to this dealer or that dealer? It's, I want this, make it. Um Whereas, you know, the Rebels had to get whatever they could. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah, there, it makes sense that there'd never be any equivalency there because the Rebels are scrappy and the Empire can just have whatever it wants. Whatever, whenever. Whereas, you know, whereas, you know, the, the yeah, the First Order the, could arguably just, you know, go to the same Walmart that... Or just have the same... You know, con- the contract for Resistance or, or um, New Republic stuff. Yeah. So it's something I was thinking about is kind of interesting with everything that's happening is, you know, the same producers are giving both sides the same product. Yeah. Yeah. Ties in very nicely to, to Last Jedi. Um, let's see. Yeah, they do eventually get rid of that droid, which is trying to send a signal to the First Order. To let them know where the Colossus dropped, um, jumped off to. And it's worth saying, it sounds like the Colossus isn't even totally sure where they um, jumped out of. They know they're near Dakar, which is the planet that the Resistance is evacuating from uh-huh. in the beginning of The Last Jedi. They know they're, they're close to Dakar. Kaz is confident that that's where they'll be. Obviously, they probably won't actually um, be there. So I assume maybe at some point they'll end up on Dakar. Uh-huh. Not this episode, of course. Uh, but they do, so they thwart that droid sending out the message. But Tam um, is also being pressed very hard by Tyranny and her new Force, First Order buddies mm-hmm. for information on, uh, on, on Kaz and his little band of resistors. And she is fairly cooperative. I mean, she doesn't hold anything back. She doesn't know enough, but what she does know, she tells them. And at the end of the episode, Kaz is able to get a message out to her that's like a decoded message. He can't turn on read receipts or get a response. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sends a message to, to Tam's communicator. We don't get the full gist of it. Because she just ha- she just hangs he... up on him. Right, because what he says is, Tam, I'm sorry, yada, yada, yada. He gets, you know, hung up. As opposed to, again, hello, Tam, they murdered billions of people just now. Mm -hmm. Does Tam know this? It seems like she doesn't, or it seems like they're purposely keeping that up in the air for plausible deniability because it is so incredibly unbelievable to me Mm -hmm. that someone who thinks that they are joining kind of a police force... Aside for good. ...would then... Hmm? Well, at this point too, right. she's never she's always going to be on that ship. So, at this point, like they are able to box out so much information from her cuz she's not going to be a stormtrooper where yeah. she's, you know, going from place to place. She's Yeah, she's not on Twitter anymore. Yeah. Not that she really was on Twitter, you know, she probably just had a Reddit and was complaining about mm-hmm. her dad slash Yeager or yeah. hype phase on. So <laughs> But, at, I mean, at the end, the end of the episode, very kind of end of episode three-ish, she gets her her pilot outfit, her first order pilot outfit, she throws that helmet on. She seems right now fairly fairly committed. I'm sure that will come into question later. 
again, really need the scene where she has to interact with the information that the First Order annihilated whole planets. Really kind of important that I know she has that information. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know don't know when that happened. And she gets her number. She gets assigned a number. DT-533. Mm-hmm. So, because I, you know, Finn talks about FN-287. That's that's just what he, I believe it seems like he was assigned that at birth? Or he was taken from his family very young? We don't, um, we, we don't know. know. I mean, yeah. he says, you yeah. know, the line of you're taken from your parents, but we don't know if... Yeah, taken from a family I'll never know, uh-huh. I think, is what he yeah. says. So. And as much as I really thought DT-533 would also be some sort of encoded evil thing I could mark off on the old Raylo card, I'm giving up on that one. I want to point out a particular mm-hmm. moment I enjoyed, which is Kaz um, basically giving me the mic for a minute and saying, I don't even know how the First Order did this. One minute they're, you know, for Zora, the next minute they blow up the entire galaxy. Which is basically my um, big complaint about the whole sequel trilogy in general is that I just don't feel like I understand any of that. Mm -hmm. So it was cool of them to um, allude to that and point out, like, yeah, it's it's still a little hazy how this all happened. But hopefully we'll get some answers between this show and Rise of the Skywalker and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, small episode for a premiere. Yeah, I mean, not a lot going on. Very small in scope. Um, but this is really like a, it was an aftermath episode, you know. We get to check in on characters, get to see kind of where they're at, and then from there we can do our launching point. Yeah, so. yeah I'm, I'm sure that's the case. It is, I find it interesting from a pacing perspective, you know, if you look at season premieres of animated shows past they you know they do tend to move faster have a little little more oomph or a little more um um spectacle or you know not that there's anything wrong with small episodes but it did strike me as, as strange that this was the episode they chose to start off on this episode also of course premiered all the way back in april in chicago on that monday that pete and i could not be at celebration uh-huh um, so now I can go back and listen to all those people talk about that from April, maybe? Probably not. I mean, I'm not going to, but yeah, yeah. Oh, did you see that, um, going back to the news real quick, did you see that, um, Dominic Monahan, Monahan, Monahan from... Yeah, he, he, he just looks like Dominic Monahan in the movie. Yeah, he just posted his, he posted his <laughs> character. Because he's he, he's in yeah. episode nine. Right, right. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, they had a they released a bunch of cardboard cutouts of a bunch of characters and stuff. I mm-hmm. guess so, like fairly high resolution images. I think that's where his character was. Oh, really? really? Uh, that's been pretty cool. You get a very good look at, at the new designs. Uh, there, there definitely been some some folks on Twitter that were uh, very into the Poe cutout. I'll leave it at that, because we are a family-friendly podcast, but Oscar, looking handsome as ever, no one can ever say he isn't, 
And yeah, that's how we got like a pretty good look at Rose's new look. And there's a cool one of Ray kind of holding the lightsaber above her head with two hands, like Luke on the classic Star Wars poster. So there's there's some cool stuff there. Some good looks at the Knights of Ren, who we have found out have names, or should I say, you all found out we have names. I feel like given the inspiration for these names, it's it's we're, we we should be allowed to say it. there's five knights of ren are they are they and, better uh, or worse than the porg names that have been given out so far well pete as we both know already they're pretty good names they are of course pete peter josh joshua and oscar oh and pedro well there's only five so oh you know, the porgs or uh, the knights of ren Oh, Knight of, Knight of Ren. The Knights of Ren. Renfest. Yes, the Knights of Ren. Pete, Peter, Josh, Joshua. Podcast. Josh, do you ever get into this point where, like, you're too into the podcasting world and somebody says something and you automatically think it's Star Wars? Because somebody was like, hey, I'm going to Renfest, and I'm like, there's a Knights of Ren festival, and I wasn't invited to it, and... This person was like, no, Renaissance Fest, you idiot. And I'm like, oh, that's not anywhere near as fun as what I thought it was. Just me? Okay. All right, so what are their, what just, are their names? Just, yeah. Pete, Peter, Josh, Joshua, and All Isaac. All right, so that's staying. Cool, 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 cool. I'll look it up. Oh, my God. They haven't announced... Oh, come on, announce the names, Star Wars. It was a joke. Announce them. Come on. We have to stop recording on Mondays work, man. This is not, this is not Come on. It was such a good joke. Everybody was laughing. He named the Knights of Ren after the Pope. Yeah. Nice. Um, Bingo cards, Raylo cards. Per last episode, Pete and I both filled our, our little Raylo cards. We had a bunch of random predictions that we put down on a bingo card with the intent of marking them off as we go throughout the season. Uh-huh. And uh, so, Pete, you, you get me? You get any no. this week, buddy? I'm excited to announce. I just remembered that I haven't marked my free space off yet, so I will be doing that. Oh, okay. I came very close. With Cass falling down three plus times. I came pretty close with wanting Niku death um, a couple <laughs> times. Although he's getting better. He was pretty good this episode. Maybe you're just um, finally calming down in your old age and learning to love. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be yeah. nice? <laughs> Oh, uh, they, they said coaxium, so. but of course we already know that dumb. Yeah, people. from uh, Solo. Dumb people, so. Yeah, yeah. No justice for little buddy. So yeah, these uh, these Raylo cards are looking pretty bare. At the There's moment. so many that I have that are never like live action crate, um, rose cameo, great blue creep. I think crate or a rose cameo could happen. I think your insane prediction that it would transition to live action is obviously never going to happen. Oh, also, I was very close to trying to 
one of my predictions that I made that ended up on my card was that turtle people go hog uh-huh. wild. And I was tempted to try and sell them all hiding in their shells as hog wild, but... Yeah, I mean... Obviously, that's not hog obvi- wild. I also was a little disappointed that the turtle people were, I guess, all hiding in their shells because of one droid. I mean, that droid's pretty terrifying. But it's not. And I really thought it would be some sort of bigger ecological threat. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so I was sort of excited for a monster or creature, you know, with outside of the ship, maybe even, again to that insanity from Solo or... In both Clone Wars and Rebels, there's examples of characters that can live within the vacuum. Characters, creatures, whatever, that can live within the vacuum of space. So I was starting to think, like, oh, maybe we're going to get, like, a big one. But it's just a little baby droid that probably the turtle people could beat up. They'll go hogwild eventually. Just Hogwild! So, Josh, as we conclude this episode of Poe Boys, um... What was our what what was our um how do we grade episodes? They did oh, it for you. Um yeah, it did for me. It did. Look, I'm not gonna lie, again, it, it fell short of what I expected in terms of scope or grandeur or excitement for a premiere. Uh, but as I said, that first establishing shot, it looked so gorgeous, it drew me back in, it made me happy to be back. I, really I was like legit so excited for this. Show. Like it, yeah, it, felt it made my weekend. Yeah, it was really nice to be back with these faces and these characters and animation style and those voices. Uh, so yeah, I mean, at the end, yeah, at the end of the day, it definitely did it for me. It was good to be back. And the Poe Boys are back for the next 19 weeks. Yeah, because on the flip side, I was like, oh boy, if we had only done episodes for Resistance, this would I would have not had to have done this podcast since February. And then that made me sad, and that didn't do it for me. But the episode on the whole did it. So, listeners, um, don't email us, alright? Actually... Yeah, whatever you do, don't at, send us an email at poboyspodcast.com. Yeah, just send us a tweet. Don't! Please! No! no don't! Don't do that. Just don't. Oh. Don't! Okay. Please, no! Alright. Promise? Alright. Later!